The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and today we're here with Josh Pather. And let me just brag on him for a moment. He's a two-time, two-comma, two excuse me, award winner. So for those of you who are in the uh, Russell Brunson world, you'll know exactly what that means and exactly how impressive that is. He's also the CEO of four companies, a board member of Photo Booth Dallas, Ty Lopez's Knowledge Society Educator. He's an SEO ma- uh, master. And he has one heck of a story that I personally can't wait to hear. Just a little sneak peek is that he moved to the States from South Africa in 2001. So 20 years ago with nothing more than a couple of bags and a strong desire to succeed. And there is nothing I love more than hearing a story like that here on Choose Unstoppable. You guys, it doesn't stop there. 19 years later, his company is now recognized by the Inc. 5000 Texas and ranks 60 third fastest growing company. So it seems as though it has been quite a ride. Josh, hi and welcome and thanks for being here. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for the introduction. Oh, you're so welcome. I am sure when people read that introduction, they want to go back to the beginning. So like, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to start with a little kind of sneak peek inside what was life like in South Africa? Why the move, you know, with just two bags? What was, how did that all come to be? Yeah, so um, my parents, uh, so we're we're Indian and there's a large Indian population in South Africa. And uh, they, my, my mom had a sister living in America and my parents came to visit in, uh, in 1990. And so they came to visit, they saw how life was here versus what it was like in South Africa. And at that time, you know, obviously there was still apartheid going on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the segregation, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I guess my dad, he's, he wanted, you know, a better future for myself and my sister. So they started the paperwork. Uh, they started it in like 91, I think. And it took like, what, 10 years, uh, you know, for the paperwork, right? immigration wow. paperwork, right? And my uncle tells me the story, like, we had to send like paperwork back and forth and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he knew that, uh, the you know, things were going to get bad, if you will, and not like hoping things would get bad, but just because of, you know, the suppression and the segregation and apartheid and all that stuff. And when all that stuff was lifted, you know, there's obviously conflict, right? That's going to happen, you know, kind of like what's going on in the U.S. now, you know, a little bit, right? Um, and so, you know, he kind of saw that and um, they made a decision to come. So uh, we did all the paperwork and all that. And, uh, you know, I was I was young at that time. So I was about 10 years old and it was like, yeah, you know, we're going to go into America. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Like, how do you process that? You know, yeah. you don't. And it's like, you know, I go to school, like telling my friends, like, yeah, we're moving to America. Everybody's like, oh, wow you know it's like you go into mars you know because it's like so far on the other side of the world so yeah we uh once that decision was made we we had to like sell all our stuff right because like you know we had a house we had you know Mm -hmm. kitchen silverware cutlery tv uh 
uh, you know, living room set, right? Like all that stuff. We just, and there was no Craigslist. There was no internet back then, right? So we just like, we had a for sale sign on the front window of the house and like we leave the door open and people would walk into the house and like, okay, we'll take, you know, the TV and we'll buy your cutlery and, you know, picture frames and the clock on the wall. And we, we got rid of most of the stuff like that. Uh, you know, and I, I just had uh, sell a lot of my toys and like, it sucks as a 10 year old, you know, it's like, yeah. oh man, I remember like selling my marbles. Like that one hurt a lot. Cause I collected like the special edition of marbles, like uh, the ones that were really rare and hard to get different colors and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, the rest of the stuff, we packed it up, we went to a flea market locally. Uh, we opened, you know, we just pulled the car in and opened the trunk and just sell the rest of your stuff. Right. And then gave away the rest. Um, and then we were only allowed, you know, two bags each at that time to bring, uh, which was, I guess, complimentary or part of the ticket, you know? And so we had to, we flew from like, from Durban to Johannesburg and from Johannesburg to London and then from London to DFW. Now from Johannesburg to London is 12 hours. Then from London Heathrow, we had to go to like Gatwick. So we had to like get, uncheck all the bags, get to Gatwick station, then like, uh, you know, transfer, go on the train, go to the other airport and then hop back in and then 12 hours again. So I was like, oh man, and I, and I get motion sickness. So it was a, such a long journey for me. I was so miserable on the flight and the food was terrible back then. And I was like, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. Like I'm going to make enough money. Like I can fly business class everywhere, you know? And so, yeah, we came to the U.S. I was 11, uh, I went to uh, sixth grade. You know, I remember like my first day, like uh, in South Africa, we wore like uniform in the school, right? And so when we come here, it's like, you can just wear whatever jeans and a t-shirt. So it was so weird. It was so weird going to school like that. And then I like, had to uh, just adjust to, like the schools are outside uh, in South Africa. There's like, it's not all in one building, like it's a separate buildings and you just go, you walk outside from building to building, right? And so like the schools were indoor here and then there's air conditioning. <laughs> if we're hot in the classroom, we should just open the window because it's like tropical climate. So yeah, a lot of adjusting, a lot of adjusting uh, to that. Uh, but I think uh, just like watching my parents go through that whole thing, it made me just want to like, okay, I don't want to, like they went through that whole thing for me, right? And they told me like, we're going for you guys, right? Because they were, they were pretty comfortable back there. My dad had a good job. Uh, and if they didn't want to come, they didn't have to, and they would have been fine. Mm. But, you know, they, they, they made the sacrifice, you know, for, for us. And so I think that in combination with seeing like all the stuff they had to do, you know, along the way, it's like, okay, I don't want to let them down. You know, I want to work really hard. And so I came here, I had a strong uh, desire to like, okay, I want to be successful. I want to be rich. I want to be, you know, an entrepreneur. So started uh, looking at different business opportunities. Uh, I would say like ninth grade started, um, started mowing lawns. So I would mow lawns and, you know, neighbor's lawn, that kind of stuff. I couldn't drive. So I had to do like the lawns that were in the neighborhood. And uh, I remember like the heat, like the Texas heat is different from any heat that you felt like anywhere else in the world. And I used to get so hot. I remember like always going up to people's houses after I mowed the lawn, like, hey, can I get a cup of water? <laughs> I'm dying over here. Uh, so I started mowing lawns. Then I, when I got a car, I was able to, you know, drive around, uh, you know, and I would just be looking up. I had a, I made my dad buy me a computer. So I would be online researching all the time, just, you know, trying to figure out a way to make money online. This was, I would say maybe 2007, uh, stumbled upon uh, Alibaba one night and 
I was in high school, uh, going in high school and fashion was a big thing, right? You know, what kind of brands you're wearing, you Nike shoes and Jordans and, you know, t-shirts and stuff like that. So I'm like, I went on Alibaba and I saw, I was like, wow, we can get these shoes for like 20 bucks. Like, why are we paying $200 at, you know, Foot Locker for this? So I'm like, okay, well, let me order a couple. So ordered a couple, I was able to get like really unique styles and uh, I would take them to school. And so like before class starts, I would pass them around like, hey guys, I got this size 10, size 10, obviously the most popular size, right? For guys. And so I would order a few shoes, uh, pass them around. So I was able to sell them for about 80 to hundred dollars. I would get them for about $30. Uh, so that was, I was like, okay, well, this is cool. Were I can these just like knockoff shoes. It was knockoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So I would order like 10, uh, 10 to 20 at a time and then just sell them, you know, in high school. Uh, and I was doing pretty decent. I remember like going to, like we had to go to the grocery store here because we had to Western Union the money. So every week I'd be walking in with like wads of cash <laughs> to like Albertsons and Tom Thumb. And I go up to the cashier and we had to fill out this long Western Union form and send the money over. So life was good. Life was good, right? Then come home one day, uh, open the mailbox, Nike Corporation versus Josh Pather. And I'm like, oh my God. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like in high school, right? Just, you know, just kiss my girlfriend goodbye, hopped in the car and, and came back to school, checking the mail, right? Like, hey, then I get this and I'm like, oh man, I just feel like a sinking feeling in my stomach, you know? Uh, so yeah, they busted me good. So me and my supplier, we would chat late nights, right? All, and I would actually like, he would tell me about his family in China and like how the things were, we had a really good relationship. So he, he asked me one time, he's like, Hey Josh, do you mind if I use your name on his website as a testimonial? So when Nike sent the lawsuit, they had a screenshot of his website with my name on there. <laughs> and then they're like, they caught me red handed and, uh, Come to find out, I was actually drop shipping uh, like 15 years ago. I didn't know I was doing this, yeah, and I yeah. and I selected the wrong product. Had I selected, I mean, it could have been anything. If I was like buying salt shakers for the kitchen, I, I would have been in the, the one of the biggest kitchen and home <laughs> suppliers right now, right? But yeah. I selected the wrong product. I, I chose, uh, you know, Nike shoes. Anyway, when uh, that whole thing, I was just like. All right, I'm done. I'm just gonna shut everything down. Uh, we're, I think we settled the lawsuit for like five thousand dollars. Initially, they wanted fifty thousand, uh, and I think they like realized like I'm just a kid in high school, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was my uh, copyright infringement uh, training <laughs> at age seventeen. <laughs> you know, I kind of was just working. Uh, after that, I was working at Bank of America. The banks uh, ended up closing down, uh, so I moved moved to another location. Uh, while I was working at the bank, uh, I was helping a, a, a friend DJ there. He used to be a wedding DJ. And so I would go and be his roadie and uh, learn how to, um, uh, uh, how he does his DJing. I was like, oh, he's making pretty good money. I could see this, you know, doing this on the weekend because the banks, you know, they close at like five o'clock. So I was like, okay, well, let's give that a shot. I bought some equipment and I started uh, my own DJ business at that time. And I got really good at it. And, uh, I learned how to make a website. I had to make my own website. Uh, and uh, that's kind of where I learned how to how to do SEO as well. Because mm -hmm. back then, it was tough. Building a website now is not that difficult. Building a website back then took some skills. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we had time back then. You know, there was, I would say, like, you know, I guess 
you know, we weren't spending time on Instagram scrolling, right? And uh, if we could all just delete Instagram for our lives, like how much more time would we have, right? We're all guilty of it. So I guess, uh, you know, we had more time to learn that stuff back then. Um, but yeah, every every business I started, you know, like even with the, with the shoe company, I had, a, I had a small website and I learned how to build it and just like, you know, the basics of it. So when we started the DJ company, uh, I was able to build a website pretty quickly. And then... Um, I was, uh, so I left the bank. I have the DJ website. Uh, I, I'm, I'm working in the call center now. This is about 2010, uh, Experian, the credit bureau. They're one of the biggest credit bureaus in the world. Uh, and so I'm working there uh, during the day and uh, I'm posting ads for my business uh, on Craigslist. Are you familiar with Craigslist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is back in the day. It's before all the apps and all that stuff and marketplace. So it would be during the day at work, like posting ads for the DJ business and then uh, uh, at night, you know, work DJing, you know, if needed. So I got a uh, couple of years in, about 2012, I got a call from a friend of mine. He said, hey, I went to a wedding and I saw a photo booth there. Uh, he said, I think we should do it. And I was like, okay, let's let's give it a shot. So we uh, created a new website. Uh, now, by this time, I had already like sharpened my skills with website building and SEO. And so I did some research and saw the keyword uh, photo booth Dallas get searched 500 times a month. So we named the company photo booth Dallas. <laughs> and uh, so we built a website and a brand around that and uh, started taking off. First year we did uh, 150,000 and we're like, oh man, <laughs> whoa, we're not ex expecting that, you know? Uh, so we built the first photo booth in December of 2012 what do you, you just built a photo booth? Like how, uh, yeah. how do you just build a photo we, booth? We went to like Home Depot and uh, yeah, we, we got some wood, uh, like <laughs> just wood and we cut it. Like we were pretty handy with tools, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like power tools. So we just cut it, we screwed it together and we put nails and we painted it black. Wow. Uh, like I had an old um, like uh, computer screen. Uh, we had a laptop uh, and a keyboard and we used the inkjet printer like, like this is an inkjet yeah, printer right yeah. there. So it was by like, this is equipment you had at the house, you know? Yeah. We got the software online. Uh, we used like Spark Booth is what we used back then. Uh, and uh, a webcam, like the same webcam I'm actually using right now was the one that we used. Wow. So all the, all the components were there. It wasn't anything like proprietary or anything we had to get. And um, so we, we put it together and I'm like, okay, well, this is pretty cool. Um, and so we started posting ads on that and it started, you know, taking off and, like more and more people were booking it. And at the time, like we got in at the right time, uh, not to say that you still can't make money with it now, but when, when you get in as early as we did, uh, there was, uh, we were able to like, you know, ride the wave up and, and also help make it more popular. Mm -hmm. uh, now you said, you know, photo boots at, at every wedding. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, we, we got in, we, we, we did 150, 150K the first year. Then, uh, about a month after we started. So we started, we did our first event, uh, December 6, 2012. January of 2013, they walked in uh, to the call center job. They said, hey, we're moving your uh, this department uh, to Costa Rica. And you can either stay here for an entry-level position or uh, you can take uh, a severance package. Now, this time, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the entrepreneur where, like, I still had the, the safety of a job, right? had a 401k employee stock purchase plan, uh, life and uh, health insurance, life insurance, all that stuff. Right. And I'm like, Oh man, this is ruining the plan now, you know? Um, so I was like, okay, well, 
if there was ever a time in life to try this thing full on, I was like, this is going to be the time. Uh, so the last day that I worked was uh, June of 2013. I ended up taking the severance package. And then by the end of the 2013, you know, we had done 150,000 uh, in photo booth rentals. I was like, oh, it was a blessing in disguise. At the time, you know, it was really hard. So um, yeah, we, we started growing really rapidly and we made the mistake of hiring friends and family. <laughs> so another big lesson there. And um, my business partner ended up uh, leaving me. I can cover that a little bit too, but my business partner ended up leaving me uh, in, in 2014. I found out that he uh, started another business behind my back. And so, uh, you know, obviously his interest wasn't in our business anymore, right? He's obviously going to take care of his own business more. So we ended up splitting up. Uh, I, we, we came up with a valuation just out of thin air. Okay. Another business lesson. If you guys are splitting up, don't just come out with the valuations, right? Cause we were friends. We're like, okay, we think it's worth 50,000. Okay. Sounds good. Shake. You know? <laughs> and it probably was not, you know, it probably was not. Uh, looking back on it now, we should have got like a business evaluation done. So we agreed on 50,000. Um, we got the contract drafted up. Uh, it was on a payment plan. Uh, and then two months after we made that agreement, he, he breaches the non-compete agreement by starting the same business that he got out of, <laughs> serving the same community, which is the, the county of Dallas. Uh, so we ended up in another like two-year lawsuit and uh, they, they claim ignorance to the whole thing. Mm. And, uh, and so it just, a lot of back and forth, you know, with the lawsuits ended up settling the case He's finally out of the picture now, paid him off. Um, but uh, yeah, then I was still operating the photo booth rental business. And uh, 2015, we did over 800 events in one year. And this was just like crazy. I was working every day. We had like staff of like 25. Wow. Uh, we had 15 photo booths. Uh, you know, we did close to a million dollars, not even at a million. I was like, wow, we're working really hard. So the next, the following year, I was like, look, we're going to work less events, but we're going to charge more, you know? And so we were, we were more selective with the events. Uh, also around this time, people started asking like, Hey, where can we, where can we, where can we um, get these photo booths from? I want to go do this in my home, my own city or my own town where I'm from. And so we're like, okay, well, we saw a, an opportunity there. And so then that's when photo booth international was created. So we started photo booth international. Uh, we, uh, we sell the photo booths and then we give them all the training that they would ever need. All the mistakes I've made, all the contracts, the training, the support, the tech support, uh, a private community. So they get uh, all access to all of that. It's kind of like a franchise model, but there's no ongoing fees or anything like that. Uh, but we're really passionate about helping people, you know, like the photo booth business. Uh, I made my first million dollars in that. Uh, it's, it's been a life changer for me. And, uh, you know, now looking back on it now, I remember like if I had a mentor when I, when I came like in high school or just someone to, to guide me the right way, uh, that's what I want to be for other people. You know, and that's that's why I think like I'm so passionate about, you know, Photo Booth International because we really help people who, you know, not everybody is tech savvy. Not everybody is can do social media marketing agency or, you know. Uh, uh, Amazon FBA or stuff like that, right? All the digital businesses. There's still a lot of opportunity in service businesses for people to do. And uh, I think that uh, there's still a large market of, of people who uh, 
who seek those kind of businesses. And I don't feel like there's a lot of people serving them. You know, a lot of people are teaching us sell info products or yeah. coaching, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so the people that I help, you know, they, they're, they, they go through the same thing. They're, they're unhappy at their job. They want something else. They're not too tech savvy that they could, you know, do drop shipping or, you know, whatever that, but, you know, I like to say with the photo booth business, it's, it's a demand-based business. It's not a skill-based. Like to run, if I were to say like, hey, you know, hire me to do your Facebook ads, I need to have the skills to, to do that, you know? And not everybody has that. And even the people who say they do have it, they barely can do it themselves, right? Because they're changing every single day. But, you know, with the photo boots, it's like, okay. In the U United States, you know, 3 million weddings happen every year. And that's just one type of event, you know? And now last year, all those events didn't happen. And this year, is going to be double that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what I like. And, uh, we've been successful. I'm, I'm actually taking someone from zero to a hundred thousand live on YouTube. Uh, uh, now it's called the photo booth boss. So we're doing like a live challenge Very to show cool. people like, yeah. you know, I, it can be done. That's awesome. Um, remind us at the end to like where we can follow on that YouTube channel. Sure. I mean, you can say it now if you want, but just remind me at the end. Cause I'd love to, uh, I'd love to follow along too. Is that where the two comma, the two comma club awards come in? Is that to do with photo booth or are you? Oh, yeah. So yeah. the first one uh, was for the rentals. Uh, and then uh, the second one was for selling. And uh, hopefully by the end of this year, the, the next goal is to get the the two CCX one. Yeah. So I'm going to hit that by the end of this year. That's awesome. Just for anyone listening, uh, a two comma uh, club award is once uh, a sales funnel, which is just a digital kind of shopping funnel. Uh, hits a million dollars. That's where the two commas come from. And then is it 10 million for the Million, yeah. yeah, 10 million for the next yeah. one. So yeah, I wish you all the luck in the world. Okay, so we're gonna have to wrap up your story has been amazing. But before I let you go, I really want to ask you, because like you could not have predicted where you were going to end up. It sounds as though on your journey, you like, it's like life that just has this magical way of weaving little bits of each you know path that you've taken to get you where you are mm -hmm. so what would what advice would you give someone who is kind of sitting uh and thinking that they're not really clear where their future is going they're, they're hungry like you obviously always had discipline and work ethic and you were hungry so if someone is there but they're not quite sure what's what it's going to look like where it's going to be what is it what would you say that they do <laughs> um well just i always like to say like i like to imagine like okay what like me and my wife just did this exercise we're like okay where like where do we see ourselves in 10 years like okay we want to have uh this amount coming in and then we want to be living in this kind of house and i need you to you know be full-time with the kids and you don't have to worry about anything to do with the business. So we need to have this kind of staff. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we need to have these businesses making this amount and then work backwards from there. Uh, and so that has been helpful for us because there's yeah. obviously no confusion about the end goal. Uh, I think at times, uh, stages in our relationship, at least uh, when we didn't have that mapped out, she was envisioning something else. And maybe she would envision where we are today is fine, but I'm just so aggressive. I'm like, okay, how do we get to the next step? So I think that uh, if you can do that with your own life, uh, then that would be, uh, it'll give you kind of a roadmap 
And then you just backtrack and figure out, you know, how to get there and, and what steps you need to take. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, the, because there are so many pathways to get there. So once you realize what it is, it becomes quite simple, even when you're listening to kind of how your journey unfolded to be like, okay, well, let's see if, you know, DJing will be the thing to get me there. Okay, well, let's try this, these photo booths. And all of a sudden something takes off in a huge way. Right. And that is the the vehicle that takes you to that dream or that right. vision. Uh, and sounds as though it's going to take you a lot further. So before I let you go, remind us where we can learn more about it. First of all, let us know. So now you're kind of almost, you've packaged up or boxed up a photo booth business in a box. Is that fair to say? Like, mm -hmm. and, and people can kind of work with you to start their own business like this, right? And that's yeah, they can, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so if you guys are, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, we have a free training uh, it's called photoboothmoney.com. There's a webinar on that. It's about a 90-minute presentation uh, that you can learn more about it. Or if you want to get in contact with us, it's Photobooth International. Uh, so we sell all over the world. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me on Instagram, it's uh, at nextlevelJP. I'm pretty active on there. Uh, feel free to reach us out. Um, but yeah, this is a, I think the event industry is going to see a big boom. Um, and, uh, you know... I like to tell people, look, if you can buy a photo booth for, you know, $6,000, rent it out, you know, 12 times at $500 a pop, just pay it off. And then, you know, maybe you do one or two events a month and make a thousand bucks at 2000 that covers the mortgage payment, the car payment, and you can still live your life and, and do whatever you want. Or if you want to go full time, you know, we have several people making over six figures a year, you know, with just two or three photo booths. Um, and it's a great business to to get started in and a lot of, another thing too is like it's not the end business for you just like how djing wasn't the end for yeah. me or you know selling shoes or, or the mowing yeah. lawns you know uh it's it's a path it's a path it's a, it's a stepping stone on the path for you i love that it, it ties in so nicely to you know just thinking about that end vision and then just having markers along the way, like, okay, well, what's going to get us to the next level? And then from there, you have a whole different view to see, okay, well, from here, we can start to think about what's going to get us to the next place. But you can't necessarily get all the way to the end from only seeing what you see at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, what a great way. And I also love that, you know, you've kind of taken this approach of mentoring people rather than just kind of shipping them out, but you're actually giving them the tools and the skills that you wish someone had kind of taken you by the hand and show yeah. you at the beginning. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I can save someone one mistake, it would be worth it. You know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Josh. We're going to leave it there. You guys, there was a, a fair amount of information there. So I'm going to put all of it in the show notes. Um, so if you're driving in the car, don't pull over, don't do anything. <laughs> We're going to put it all there for you. And I'll make sure it all links through to everything that Josh has to offer. Uh, Josh, just awesome chatting with you. I'm so glad we got to connect. Oh, the YouTube. Where will we find out about that YouTube channel? Yeah, if you just go in there and type in Photo Booth Boss. So it's kind of like a spin on Undercover Billionaire. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of people saying that they, it can't be done. So, And there's also a lot of people who, who, who win the first time, but it's by luck. So I'm, I'm doing it to even prove it to myself. Like, hey, yeah. am I really what I think I am? Or do these awards mean anything? Yeah. Like, let, let's do it live. And it's going according to plan. I chose the right person because he executes on everything 
Photo Booth Boss. I'll be sure to check that out as well. For everyone listening at home, thanks as always for tuning in. Until next week, choose Unstoppable. We'll see you soon, Josh. Thank you. I hope this episode filled you up with inspiration and you're feeling ready to turn that into big action for some explosive growth in your business. And if that's you, then I have a free training on how to build a wildly engaged audience, get hundreds of leads in a matter of days, and even create a wildly successful launch. You can watch it right now at kerrymccauley.com backslash watch now. See the show notes for the link. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Your support means more than you could ever know. We'll see you on the next episode.